Hello everyone, my name is Imani Barbarin and welcome to the Crutches and Spice podcast. I'm sitting here with Marina Carlos. You know her from the Make My Lemonade campaign, as well as several disability advocacy tweets on Twitter. You can find her at Marina Seepum. Um, thank you, Marina, for joining me. How are you, my friend? I'm so happy to be here, Imani. Thank you for the invite. I'm so excited. Me too. So today Thank you for the lovely introduction. Of course, of course. I had to. I mean, like I have to tell everybody about your accoutrements and all of your things going on. You're also writing a book, right? On I disability. Am. So yeah, I've been working on it for like a year and a half now. And the writing part is done and now I'm working with an illustrator who is going to, uh, well, illustrate my book. So we're, um, I'm really excited and we're finishing uh, so the illustration part. And I hope, I truly hope, it can come out in 2020. And can you give us like a little bit of brief explanation about what your book is about? Yes, so uh, here in France, ableism is a term that isn't really known. And, uh, and disabled people's rights activism is also really not well known. So I just wanted to, in a really accessible way, explain what ableism was and is, sorry, and how it, how it impacts the lives of disabled people. So I talk about politics, I talk about representation, I explain what ableism is, and, and I also uh, try to incorporate um, disabled activists that inspire me and what they bring in the conversation. So I talk about Tamia Mangus, for example, yeah. and um, because there's concepts like forced intimacy, which I think they're really important, and so I try to translate them. Because in France, there's many people who don't necessarily speak English, so they don't have access to a lot of studies and concepts and theories, and so I wanted to make a little book to really explain what ableism is and how it uh, introduced in, uh, itself in our lives and how it impacts negatively disabled people's lives. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. I've seen some of the uh, illustrations and it's so, I love it so much because it's so accessible just from a cognitive standpoint. Like you can really grasp what's going on. But listen, we're not talking about, uh, well, advocacy technically today. We are talking yeah. about ableism in a whole different arena. We're talking about it in dating. <gasps> dating. It's the, it's the topic that haunts disabled people's nightmares. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Marina, if for, for those who don't know, Marina and I know each other because I lived in Paris for about two years, and she tweeted me that we should get dinner and hang out. And yeah. I was like... Absolutely. Imani came to my house, it was like winter time, so we had this little romantic setup when I made like some hot chocolate and marshmallows and it was adorable and we essentially matched because we already like really liked each other just uh, on Twitter and we really liked uh, our personalities but just seeing us on the first time it's like instantly clicked. And it was a really, like, great encounter. It was so much fun. It was so romantic. She made me hot chocolate. And then she put marshmallows in it, too. Like, little French marshmallows. I, I wanted to, like, the first introduction, you know, to be, like, perfect. <laughs> I was so in love. Um, so, the rest of the story. Yes, it was, it was our meeting story. That's, that's our meet cute. Um, so we met, and then we hung out all the time when we were in Paris and, like, 
We'd, uh, we'd go to your place a lot and just talk, really, which was yeah, a lot of fun. And when you even met my father. Like. Yes. Oh, your dad was so nice. He, he came to my birthday party. <laughs> and when he was so cute with a French accent, I loved it. I melted right there. I speak French. <laughs> Rita always makes fun of our French accent because she says she says I sound like a mouse. Because like I go, oh, je pense que she's like you sound so cute. <laughs> but yeah, so we talked a lot, especially about dating, which is always very difficult. And I found culturally, it was so different in Paris than it was in the U.S. Yeah, I think I think that we during our first meeting we talked a lot about dating. That's true. We had like our mutual stories, so we're getting to know each other. We also, of course, talked about relationships. And so, yeah, that was a, like a, a big conversation, a big team for our first meeting. Yeah. I, I forgot about that. We, we dove think? right in. We were like, we're just going to do it. We're just going to talk about this because it sucks. <laughs> Let's go in. <laughs> exactly. Let's dive in. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your dating story? Like, what has it been like? in Paris, because you're not just Parisian, you're also Portuguese. I don't know if you've dated anybody uh, in Portugal, but... I dated, uh, I dated a guy when I was little, which <laughs> was from my parents' village over there. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, the summer crush, uh, and, um, and it was uh, my first boyfriend, actually. And then, so that was when I was able-bodied, because just for context, if people doesn't know, I'm paraplegic. Mm -hmm. So I had an accident when I was 16 years old, and um, therefore I can't move my legs, and, the, and so I use a wheelchair all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so my first boyfriend was before uh, I became disabled, and since uh, I became disabled, I had two serious relationships, lasted more so uh, four years uh, each one mm -hmm. and uh, so the last one ended in like 2016 and since then I've been dating like just dating I didn't I'm not in a serious relationship and uh, it's been uh, an adventure <laughs> to say the least <laughs> an adventure that's a nice way of putting it so <laughs> Like, what are some of the hard things you have to go through in your relationships? Like, do you tell them up front that you use a wheelchair or do you, like, meet them in person first? Or, like, how does that go? Okay, so now we're going, so we're diving into the dating apps world, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so, um, of course, people, when they, they, friends, when they saw me that I was uh, getting over my ex and uh, being just more confident and better they were like okay you have to try dating apps and I was a little like reluctant mm -hmm. about it because I actually like read experiences of visible people who had really bad um, things happening to them like interesting questions or people just being assholes or really rude and so I was a little like skeptical like okay shoot, do I really want to do that or no and uh, I was like, whatever, <laughs> let's just meet people <laughs> and let's just see how it goes. So the first question, and I think that's the first question every disabled people uh, um, uh, goes through, is like, do I present my disability? So do I talk about it in my bio? Or do I maybe talk later when I match with someone and tell them? 
Yeah. And um, so I have a pretty visible disability, so I just like can't really hide it. <laughs> and uh, but I didn't want to to put like an explanation or a phrase in my bio saying so I'm paraplegic and I use a wheelchair. And uh, in my social media, my profile, my profile pictures is just like me in my wheelchair in front of a blank white wall. <laughs> so I was like, well, this I mean, a picture speaks louder than words. So I'm just going to put that, you know. I'm going to put this picture and just one close up with my face because the one I put is and it's which is on my social media is like two years old and even more than that. <laughs> but I, I, I love that picture because it just I think it really just uh, sums up who I am. Yeah. And I feel really confident in this picture. And the thing is I try to do the same pause since then, but I can <laughs> I can't seem to have that like resting beach face, but really nice resting beach face. And the pause, I think the picture is really nice and I can't seem to do it again more recently. So what I do is I put this picture and another close up more recent. Because you're all but, smiles now. That's why. You're always <laughs> smiling. <laughs> but like you bring up a good point. Like I don't understand because I could never tell when I was creating my dating profiles. Like, do I just do the waist up? Do I not put my crutches? Do I just, like, do the face? And it feels so, like, it's up to the individual person, but also it feels, like, so disingenuous. And then you're setting yourself up to fail when you meet them in person sometimes because then they'll see the whole thing. Like, you can't really hide a physical disability. The whole package. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was thinking, like, okay, so this picture is basically me. So I'm Mm. going to put it up front because with that picture I'm saying, Okay, so this is what you're going to meet if, you, if we meet. So this is like what you're going to see. And I think it was better this way than to just try to explain words. Right. First of all, I don't really know what, what I will, whether I will write. And if you just say like, I'm paraplegic, people don't know about it, which is normal because it's a specific, specific disability. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't want them to put the whole essay about yeah. how I like and what disability, my disability was. So I I just started with the photo, and I think it's it's uh, worked really well for me on dating apps. Do you find that, like, you live in Paris itself, like, you live in the 11th, so yeah. it's, like, do you find that you have to explain to people, we may not be able to go to this restaurant or that restaurant or hang out here or there? Yeah, the thing is, um, in Paris, and I, I'm pretty sure it's uh, the same in a lot of towns, cities, etc. Um, most of the social places, which is like coffee shops, restaurants, clubs, are not accessible. Mm-hmm. So just the fact to go to a place to meet people, you can't access it, which is already an obstacle. Obstacle? No. Obstacle. Obstacle. <laughs> You're normal. It's okay. <laughs> Obstacle, it's already an obstacle for disabled people to just meet people. Right. You know? Fortunately, around me, I have like two or three coffees. So if I meet someone, I can go there to meet them and I can come back to my house alone. Right. So that's really a really really sure thing because you also don't want people to just come to your house, pick you up. Right. To, you know? And also, as a wheelchair user, putting your trust in someone that even you know can be a little risky and because you never know how good people are with wheelchairs and right. to navigate on like sidewalks etc 
but to meet someone and ask him like can i put my own life in your hands please <laughs> <laughs> that's terrifying and then like yeah, and, and i understand the same thing for me but also for the for for the the person who will do that because even my friends are sometimes are scared because i don't know the the street is too dark there's, there's too many too many obstacles so they're always a little like i don't want to hurt you i don't want to make you fall you know yeah. so even when people you already know it's kind of like eh but even <laughs> if it's a person like you want to date or you're interested in you yeah. don't want to be like at first so can you come pick me up and help me with my wheelchair so yeah. i'm pretty fortunate about that to just be able to go autonomously to a place and come back if the date doesn't go well you know there's also that that uh, that fact yeah, and I've, I've, like, I loved walking around your neighborhood because it was fairly accessible than, it was more accessible than the rest of Paris, I felt like. Um, and it's just really hard because I remember going out with other disabled people in Paris and people would always be like, oh, I can lift you if it's not accessible. And it's like, no, I don't want you to lift me or touch me. I want to be able to do this on my own. Do you find that, yeah, you said like people get nervous about it, but do you find that people just flat out refuse to help? Like, if you're going out with them? I mean, I never, like, um, was in that, in that case at all. Mm -hmm. I'm always, when I go out with friends or whatever, they always want to help. Mm -hmm. uh, so I never have, a, like, a flat out, like, no. But I think uh, on dating apps, the fact that you're upfront about it, it's already a filter. So right. if people don't want to, they're just not going to talk to you. That's true. And so you you don't really long, I mean, you're not losing anything because there's people that don't really want to like, uh, how do you say, dig, dig in that, you know, that yeah. in, 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 in that. So there's like a, a filter, but for me, I never were, I never like flout out had someone says, I'm not going to help you, yeah. you know, like, you know, friendship, romantic way. Yeah, and it, it can be very difficult. I've, I remember the attitudes in Paris were very different towards disability like we were it wasn't necessarily that you saw a lot of disabled people in Paris because I remember for the first six months I could count on one hand how many disabled people I saw were physically disabled I people I saw in Paris yeah uh, and the same for me yeah I'm like where are like like statistically in your mind you're like I know that there's more but why are there so few and it was unnerving yeah. and it's just because yeah. the city's inaccessible yeah, and like one time I was having the, uh, a lunch with a friend in the street in a, in a terrace. Yeah. And uh, and there were like three persons in a wheelchair who, who, who passed through us, and I was like, "There's definitely something happening here because <laughs> three per, three people in a, in wheelchairs just having through like an hour." Right. Something. And I remember being on a bus, and this woman like fell over in her wheelchair. And nobody moved to help her. They were just, like, angry with her for holding up, like, the bus moving. Like, what? You know, Paris is, like, the type of city of where everything moves very, very fast. Yeah. And Parisians in France are really known uh, of being rude. Yeah. And, like, not having any patience. Um, so that's clearly, like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a representation of how Parisians can be rude and well, even like yeah. me you know so, so in France in Paris uh, the subway isn't accessible at all there's like one line which is accessible mm -hmm. um, and um, 
when I take the bus, which is a little more accessible uh, on paper, because practically the thing, sometimes the driver don't stop, sometimes the, the ramp doesn't work, sometimes people, the bus is full and nobody lets you in. And even myself, I had experiences where I wanted to go to a on a bus. Mm -hmm. And so, the, I mean, you, you experienced it, but the thing is, so the, the, the ramp, it's like, to uh, 30 seconds to calm down yes. there's like a big noise from an alarm which is like eh, 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 and i'm not even kidding this is exactly the sound of the of the ramp coming down yeah and even with that people still don't move there's like they're taking with like um oh a they, stroller a stroller so there's a stroller and they don't move until you're like in front of them and you're like, excuse me. Yeah, then I mean, you just heard a thing. Like, please. You and then they get just mad. Like yeah. Ago. So yeah, that's kind of difficult. And so you know, when when you're like on a romantic uh, night, it's it's just like exhausting yeah. for yourself. And you also, it's also like a little a little like ruins the moment because you, you just want things to be easy breezy and just like a little stroll in a romantic way and there's just like those kind of things that happen and takes that can take a toll on, on the old ambience you know yeah and i feel like you like you said it takes you out of the moment and that person like even if they weren't thinking about ableism or thinking about um disability in your relationship like they were just like oh this is the girl dating who uses a wheelchair um like ableism kind of snaps them too and it's like oh this is something i'll have to deal with with this person and it makes it harder to get people to stay because you're constantly they're constantly in the battle with you and they weren't prepared for it yeah and it can also take a toll on yourself because you're like this is all coming because of me you know yeah. Yeah. I'm the one that needs uh, uh, this. I'm the ones that that have to do all this organization because it's current accessible. So yeah. even if you know that it's not your fault, I mean, it's really difficult to not feel a little bit guilty and yeah. to not have the thing in your mind like, if it weren't for me, it would be so much easier. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it, it makes you feel like you're the burden and it just reinforces that whole stereotype that we're burdens and that we exactly. make life harder. But really... Yeah. Internalize the I know it's such it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so also, I'm sorry. So go it, ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, uh, I have a, a, a funny story about safety because as I was telling you, so I'm fortunate to have like restaurants and coffee shops nearby. Mm -hmm. But my first Tinder date actually was that was a guy from LA. Mm -hmm was here for like holidays and the next day was going back to to the u.s and so we were planning to see each other he had dinner with his sister and the thing here is that here uh the restaurants close really early so if you want to have a late night drink you can't really like just stay in the in the bar until like 1 a.m they right. close at like 10 30 11. and the thing is i didn't want the guy to come to my house because i didn't feel safe I, I thought it was like it was going to be awkward because when you're in a public like space or coffee, there's animation around, so you can always, you know, like pick something up and talk about that. But yeah. when you're in my house, like there's no, 
um, much happening here. <laughs> so you're just like on a table, on the sofa. I mean, it's really awkward and even more sorry for a date. Yeah. So I was thinking because I really like like these guys and I wanted to do something fun. So it can seems really cheesy and not fun at all, but we met in May. So the, the weather is pretty nice even at night. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of people in the streets on the roads because in May you have a lot of holidays here in Paris, in France. Yes, you do. So uh, I actually told him, like, do you want to go for a ride? <laughs> oh my so, god. So I'm in my car and I like drove in, in like a Paris by night thing. That's so cute. Yeah, and it was a really great idea. I was really like excited about it, and it went really well. And so after that, we came to my house, and we had a great night. But the thing is, when I talked, when I recounted the date to my friends, I actually realized that I didn't want the guy to come to my house because it wasn't like really safe. But I actually brought him to my car, which is a little, even little, uh, even more little space. Yeah. Which the guy could have made anything he wanted, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I felt in control because it was my car, my town, I was driving. Yeah. But if you think about it, it could have been really dangerous. And so I was like, wait a minute, why did I do that? Like, who does that? Well, apparently me, I do that, but I will never do that again. That's such I think a king. I like not even just in this problem moment. That's such a chaotic disability moment. Like, and that's one of the things that people don't talk about is that, um, like, different aspects of accessibility sometimes means inviting complete strangers into your own space. Like, exactly, yeah. Like, I would date these guys and I would be like, come over to my place because I'm like, first of all, I'm tired, my back hurts, and I don't feel like walking four blocks to meet you. Um, and, like, reflecting on it now, I probably shouldn't have done that as many times as I did. But it was yeah. also like, that and then also like in Paris the culture is like it's very rare that you go outside of your pl place for a first date like if unless you want to date non-seriously which is very strange like I feel like there's a lot of hookup culture in Paris which means like you just automatically come to that person's place and, or yeah oh I don't know about that yeah. I mean, not that I have like a really like expanded dating life, but, <laughs> but I I feel like people always meet for drink first. Uh, then it was just me. Meet <laughs> 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 I met a lot of guys. Well, I would always... I actually understand what you say about inviting people over because. Uh, our houses are actually the the places where we feel most comfortable and autonomous. Yeah. So we feel more in control, and you know we have less to ask people to help us with this or that. Mm -hmm. So it's better for us. But that's the old catch twenty one. Yeah. Question, question yeah. one. You were close. Catch twenty two. <laughs> catch twenty one. Sorry. Catch, catch twenty one because there's you're comfortable and you can really be autonomous and do things yourself. Mm -hmm. But there's also all that safety of questioning that comes to fruition. Yeah, and I mean, like, I was doing, I guess, a lot of hooking up in Paris. But I was like, it was like, if I wanted to go over to a guy's place, then it was more difficult because it was like, is his place accessible? Are there steps? There's always steps in Paris. Exactly. And the elevator lies so little. Yeah. If they have 
Exactly. And like, the elevators are so tiny. Why are they so small? Like, one was the size of a suitcase. I was like, I cannot origami myself into this elevator just to get a hookup. Like, this doesn't make any sense. But that's, you know, like, and I'm just like, is the hookup good enough that I want to climb up four flights of stairs? That's not a thing I'm going to do. Like, you come to my place and that's it. And that's dangerous. Like, as a, as a woman with a disability, that's dangerous. And I know it's wrong, but I'm like, it's like gambling, you know? But yeah, it's like, it's very dangerous for us. And then, you know, you're just kind of hoping that nothing goes wrong with these strangers. The thing is, there's so, so the woman layer, which is like, of course, as a woman, you are, you always have to protect yourself and Mm -hmm. do precautions to feel safe uh, in in a dating environment. Mm -hmm. But if you also had the disability layer, if there's even more things to worry about and to to protect yourself from, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you just can't protect yourself from, as you say, like if nowhere is accessible, the only place you can actually have a date where you feel comfortable is your place. So what do you do, you know? Exactly. And then it's like, do I not date if I want to feel safe or do I actually want to do this and not, you know, and like risk my safety? Exactly. But you so another aspect to your dating life is that you're also a queer woman. I am. You are. I'm a sexual. Yeah. You are. You are a bi baby. Bye 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 bye. <laughs> so yeah, I came out not too long ago, actually, because. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, absolutely. Um. So. Uh, forever I've been dating like uh, boys and mans and uh, I always uh, I've, like, I've been attracted to girls but it's always a question like do you are just attracted because you appreciate women's bodies and like looks or are you really interested in them mm-hmm. and um, I never had that that person where I was like okay, I'm really like having a crush and I would like to uh, have a romantic relationship with her, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I always was like, I don't feel legitimate saying that I'm bi because I never had this like click, uh, you know, it, that meeting that makes me really be like, okay, now I know it's confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, a year ago, I actually went to an event where there was this um, person that I really had a crush on and I realized like started fantasizing. I was like, okay, so now you have your answer. <laughs> and it felt so natural just to have like, okay, now I know because that's what I felt like for boys and now I'm clearly feeling that for another uh, gender and uh, it's the same way. So clearly that means something. Yeah. And uh, it really like felt obvious for me. So I came out pretty quickly to my family and friends, and uh, I'm really fortunate to have a family who always supports me, and friends who weren't even that surprised, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, they were, they're like, yes, thank you for updating us on things we already know. (laughs) Wait, did you already, didn't you already tell me that? No. (laughs) like, uh, but, and it's, it's hard, um, as a disabled person who's bisexual as well, like, it kind of feels like a lot there a lot of these stereotypes between disability and dating and then bisexuality go hand in hand like a lot of people 
see people who are bisexual as people who other can't choose or who have had nobody choose them. So they're looking for everybody. And like, exactly. and when you're disabled in dating, it can feel like, is this the, is this reality? Like, am I just trying to open the doors up for everybody simply because I'm disabled and nobody will find me attractive or desirable or um, worthy of love. But it's just like any other sexuality where like you're attracted to who you're attracted to, you know? Like I, for me, it's more like personalities. Um, and then it was very strange because I felt like I was, I don't know if it was like I was deeply, deeply, deeply attracted to these personalities, but like I would be enchanted by these women. Um, enchanted is a nice word. Yeah, enchanted. I'd be like, what in God's name? Like I would not be able to stop like, looking at them or, like, trying to be in their presence, but, like, I couldn't I say anything. It was, like, I, I don't want to say anything because it's, like, oh, is this really, am I really attracted to this person or am I just thinking that um, this is a good, quote-unquote, option? But, no, it's, like, I'm genuinely attracted to this woman and yeah, uh, really, really like her. <laughs> and it's, for me, it's more personality and, like, it doesn't really go along the binary. I call myself bisexual because that's, what I choose to call myself, but, like, it doesn't really go along that binary. It's, like, these people that, like, I'm drawn in by. Yeah, I like that, too. Like, I'm not just attracted to women and men. I'm attracted, like, by anyone. So I don't want, when I say I'm bisexual, I don't want people to think it's just, like, women and men. Mm -hmm. I'm attracted to everyone. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. And to be clear, it's not like every single person. It's just like the wide array of people that you're attracted to. It's like, I I just want, I just want, it's just like, can you just talk? And it's so, it's so hard because then the ableism comes in that way too. Cause it's like, do I talk to this person? Will they like me? Or will they think that I'm weird and, and, and desperate or, you know, just trying to, um, find anybody just anybody and there's also the fact that when you're dating someone uh an able person Mm -hmm. people are like oh my god he's a saint you're so lucky and there's the thing where when you find someone even if it tricks you like shit people will be like like he went past your disabilities so you should be fine with it exactly like i'm still a person with feelings so please i really i really want to not be treated like (laughs) Uh, shit i really want to be respected thank you so if i want to like not stay with this person i really can yeah what a hero which is funny because i dated disabled man and it's always funny when we go out to restaurants or like outside people can't tell which of us is like the pity date like they're just like hey wait hi like what what's happening here which one of them is the hero in this in this equation it's like, yeah. we're just going out. Like, we just want our tacos. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah. We just want, we want some tacos and cheese. We want some queso. That's all we want. We don't want ableism as a side. Yeah, and what about, um, I'm, I'm coming back to the dating apps, but what, uh, what, how do you present your bio? Do you put a picture with your crutches? Do you, do you don't talk about it in your bio? Do you wait? How did you like? You know, sometimes it varies from site to site, depending on what the demographic is that uses it. Yeah. Okay. Like a good majority of my pictures are from the waist up, simply because like those are my best pictures, and I, just, 
Um, and then also, like, there are, like, a couple, like, one or two with me with crutches. And then I always get responses like, yo, is that, like, temporary? I'm like, no, it's a permanent thing. Like, these are not temporary crutches in the U.S. Um, yeah. Or I get, like, really sexualized Maybe messages. Yeah, like, yeah, so in the U.S., like, loft strands are long-term crutches with the ones that are the forearm ones, and then the underarm ones are generally for people who have injuries. So, like, there's a different, yeah. And it was funny because, uh, talking about crutches, when you came to Paris, you actually realized, and we have a conversation about that, that in Paris, people use crutches for when they, like, do something to their ankle, etc. Yeah. But not really, like, they have a disability. Yeah, it's very strange. Like, people, they give away crutches like candy. It's like candy corn in Paris. It's like, you, everybody has loft strand or forearm crutches. And so, there are people who have, like, a sprained ankle using the same crutches I do. But in the United States, the crutches that I use are mostly for people who have permanent or long-term disabilities um, that they need crutches for. So... It was very strange. And so, like, when I was in Paris, the guys would be like, oh, you, did you break your ankle? Like, yeah, because when, when people see crutches, they don't think, like, a permanent thing. They think, like, oh, you just had something happen to you, and in three weeks, you're yeah. going to be done. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was very strange to be like, no, this is permanent. Like, but And then they would get confused because I'm like, no, this is a real thing that happens 24-7. So, this is the kind of question that you only got in Paris? Like, in the U.S., nobody asks you that? No, like, no. in the U.S., nobody really asks me if my... Well, people do ask me if I've hurt myself or if I've gotten in, like, a serious, serious accident. But they yeah. know that my crutches are permanent because of the way that they're, they're so rare. But yeah. in Paris, it was always different, and they were always asking me... Um, when I was getting off it or like how I broke my ankle. I'm like, I did not break my ankle. Um, But yeah, it was very, it was very strange. And like treatment is, was different based on uh, once they figured out it was a more permanent disability. Yeah. And you could already see like the wall. Yeah. I was like, when you say that. Yeah. I mean, there was also, like, I would also vet them very, very carefully before they even got to my place or, like, before even got out. And still, like, there there were things that had nothing to do with disability that disqualified them automatically. Um, (laughs) Like, there was one guy that kept showing me pictures of, uh, he he went to Ghana for vacation and he would show me pictures from his trip of slave ports like where slaves were sold and I'm like this is not a first date this is a history lesson I am sad now like I like I understand black lives matter but can we not talk about this right now (laughs) it was like this is so depressing um there's one guy that would like show me videos of Nigerian weddings unprompted I would not ask to see these. And he'd be like, well, can you see yourself doing this one day? like, this is what I'm going to offer you. Just be ready. <laughs> and I was like, I'm terrified. I do not want to get married. And um, so he would do that. And, like, there was just, like, weird other things going on. And they had nothing to do with disability. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I do have guesses and no's for me, like, it's yeah. not, I won't accept as anything. Exactly, and that's such like uh, um, 
a prominent thing that people just think that we're going to accept everything yeah. even not just in dating life but anywhere you know yeah like except any treatment like crumbles we just have to be so grateful about that yeah and we people are people kind of um they kind of tell us that we have to accept whatever treatment we get or whatever we should be lucky for people to be in our lives and it's not true like there's a genuinely yeah. horrible people and sometimes the horribleness has nothing to do with any sort of diagnosis it's just exactly yeah you know that's like when people say oh this guy was really rude but he was disabled so why do you don't tell him anything right like, <laughs> people can be assholes you know listen news alert disabled is not a personality type there are jackasses with disabilities too they can be anything they want to be including a jackass on the other extreme disabled people can be also really great and yeah. awesome so that's why they are friends and people romantically involved with yeah like I don't understand how everything is a spectrum except for disabilities and personalities like it's, it's not, there's a little bit more nuance in saying that every disabled person is the best disabled person and a human angel and heaven on earth and oh, gross. <laughs> and so, what's your what's your like overall experience with dating apps? Have you do you found that it's a good thing? Do do did you meet a lot of people there? I uh, well, I met a lot more people in Paris than the U.S. I feel like in the U.S. it's Funnily enough, it's more of like a like an ableist society in terms of dating. Uh, even though it's super super hard to date anywhere with a disability, it was especially hard for me to date here as opposed to Paris. Like there, I would get people talking to me and like engaging in conversations and wanting to meet up. But here, it was like trying to coax them and be like, "No, I'm actually a good quote unquote normal person." Um, I'm actually fun to hang out with and, um, and then like, there's also the pitfall of dating somebody that, um, doesn't necessarily want to be in a relationship and because they're the first person that's really nice to you, like you latch onto them and you think that it's going to go far, but it just doesn't because they don't want one, they don't want a relationship and, um, you're disappointed because it's the first person that's treated you well, which is not the standard. <laughs> Um, yeah. but yeah, I think that, um, it was funny enough that I, it wasn't a dating app where I found my, found my current boyfriend, it was Twitter, um, cause Twitter people show you there. You know, like Instagram and everything. Yeah. There's all like evolving and becoming dating apps also. Yeah. And like Facebook is now a dating app too, which is like so strange. People have been using Facebook as a dating app from its inception. In fact, Mark Zuckerberg tried to use it as a dating app when he started it. That's the, the whole point of Facebook when he started it. Um, an unsolicited dating app, by I the way. I think the internet has always been like a dating atmosphere <laughs> because there were like forums, there were like, you know, AOL and MSN. All of it was like to just... Yeah, just get... Build relationships and friendships. So there's always been that, uh, well, that link that internet was supposed to be. Well, if, if it's on the internet, somebody will use it to try to smash uglies. Like, that's just it. Like, people will always try to use whatever site is on the internet for a hookup app. Like, that's... Yeah. Oh, totally. It's fine. Like, let people do what they're going to do. But 
I find it becomes problematic when a company tries to profit off of what people already do. Um, it's just strange. And Zuckerberg is not, he's not, we don't, he ruined our democracy. Just kidding. I'm black in America. There's no democracy. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So, um, thank you for talking with me. Is there anything you want to advertise or plug for yourself? Is there anything that you want to share with people before we go? Well, I think I shared my book, so I just hope to have some good news to inform you all uh, in the upcoming month. Yay. And uh, I will be in New York in um, the end, normally in the end of March, beginning of April, and uh, <coughs> and I will see each other, and uh, I'm sure we will do some things, and uh, I'm really excited about it. I'm really, really excited. I can't wait. I just want winter, autumn and winter to pass. <laughs> and already being 2020. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited you're coming to, to New York. I'm going to go visit you. I'm going to hang out with you. Um, I cannot wait. We take the best pictures when we hang out. I'm just saying. Um, it's amazing. We do. Yes. So thank you for coming on. Um, if anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Amani underscore Barbara, and this is the this is the Crutches and Spice podcast about disability. Um, please subscribe to my Patreon. This podcast is brought to you by you. So please, please, please encourage all your friends and family to subscribe and to donate and to pledge. Thank you. I will talk to you soon.